0: Today is a special day because today is day one of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on now, somebody. Yeah, I love it. I hope, I hope many of you, and I know many of you did, decided to join us on this journey. If this is your first day at Journey Church, you're like, I didn't get the memo. I have no idea, are we fast, what does that even mean? I'd encourage you to watch last Sunday's sermon where I explain what prayer and fasting is, and I invite you to join in, it's not too late. You can start next week, you can start tomorrow, Yours will be 20 days of prayer and fasting, and that'll be fine. Um, it's not about when you start, but rather then you start. And I really think, like I said, God can bless you uh, during this time. Um, I, it, the fast, my, my family and I have started a little earlier. If that's, don't get mad at us. We started a little earlier because we just were so excited. And God has been ministering to us in a powerful, powerful way. And even the kids are, my kids are jumping in on the fast. And so it's nothing serious. I'm not like a crazy religious dad or anything like that, but I'm not starving my children. Um, We're just, we're just kind of all doing Daniel's fast for this month. So we're going kind of vegan, vegetarian. I don't know the difference, but I know that there is one, but we're, we're we're not eating meat or, or, so, so my kids, and on top of that, my kids, they're doing their, their own fast. On top of that, they're, uh, they chose to fast video games and TV, which is, I know, revival's about to break out in Central Florida, I'm gonna tell you right now. When you got nine-year-olds and eight-year-olds fasting Xbox, the dead will rise in Jesus' name. Uh, and so that's exciting. I had some funny conversations with my kids because they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what is appropriate on the fast to eat and what's not appropriate. So we're in the pantry and I'm trying to explain to them, like, no, we're only eating things that come from the ground. And, uh, and my son, justice, he's like, he's a lawyer, you know? So he's like from the ground. So he grabs chocolate. <laughs> he's like, oh, this coming from the ground. I'm like, no, no sweets. We're not eating chocolate. He's like, well, you said from the ground. I'm like, no, that he grabs like a burger. I'm like, I want to see you flip that one. <laughs> he's like, the, the cow eats the grass that comes from the ground. <laughs> I'm like, nah, man, let me make this very simple for you. <laughs> we eat vegetables. Fruits, grains, and nuts. That's it. And then he's like, you said nuts? I said, yeah. He said, this made me laugh. He said, then how about donuts? I said, you know what? Just for that one, you go ahead and have a donut. That was funny. You are funny. Um, but, uh, but we are really enjoying it. I'm feeling God's presence in such a powerful way. You know, God doesn't change. When you feel his presence more, when you experience him, when he reveals more of himself to during a fast, it's not because he put this on your calendar, it's because you put this on your calendar. He is consistent in his willingness to reveal himself to you and me. But whenever we make time and space in our life for him, he's more than happy to fill it. And so I want to encourage you to come be a part of this starting tomorrow, Monday through Friday from 7am to 8am. We will be having prayer here in the building. We're going to be opening the doors. And on Saturdays, we're going to have prayer from 9 to 10am. If you can't be with us in the building, we'll be online. You can join us there as well. You need to know something so that you know that you have gone onto the right website and you are in the right building. Um, most of our church is run by volunteers. We call them the dream team, 99.9%. They're who run the cameras, they're who play the instruments, they're who sing. And we didn't wanna try and gather all of our dream team at 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. So we're actually partnering with another church in Alabama that is gonna be streaming their prayer service at the same time we are. So it'll be their worship team that we'll be worshiping with on the screens. Their pastor will be preaching, and we're just gonna receive, and we're just gonna pray all together, and there'll be time there. So, And if you go online, you'll see that as well. On Saturdays, however, from nine to 10, it'll be our worship team, it'll be our pastors preaching. So you can come from nine to 10 at that point. We do it in the morning so that you can get your day started right. And head off to work. So if you want to join us, I invite you to do that. And today, somebody say today. today. Yeah, man, today is Vision Sunday, everyone. Vision Sunday. And I'm going to say it again. And I mean it when I say it. It's a historic Sunday in the life of our church. A uh, Vision Sunday is something we do every year where we cast a prophetic Word over the future of our church for 2022 for the year that we're in. Now, the word prophetic shouldn't seem too mystical or weird to you. It's really just it's it's something that has not happened yet that we believe God is telling us about. It's direction for our year and for your year, not just as an organization, a community, a church, but like individuals. And I'm so excited to share this with you. I want to give you the title of today's sermon, which is also the title of our series for the next three weeks, which is also our vision phrase for the year. But before I do that, I need to get inside your spirit just how important it is to have a vision in the first place. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. If you don't have a Bible, the verse will be on the screen behind me and you can read along with me where there is no prophetic. Someone say this word, the people perish But he that keeps the law happy is he. It's important to note that when I say vision, I do not mean the ability to see what's standing in front of you, but rather to see what lies before you. When I say vision, I'm not saying, can you see where you're going? When I say vision, what I mean is, do you know where you're going? When I say vision, I'm not speaking about sight. When I say vision, I'm speaking about insight which is an ability that we take for granted because for many of us, we have either grown up in or become accustomed to a world with something called GPS. Yeah, GPS is one of those inventions that's really hard to imagine what life was like before it was invented. A lot like Walmart grocery delivery. I don't even remember life before that. I think we went to the store to buy our groceries. Is that true, babe? We used to actually roll carts that's true. She said, no, no, you have it wrong. I did. That's what she said. <laughs> that's true. But now you don't. Now you don't because it delivers. Um, TV, streaming television. Can you remember life before that? I was watching sports with my kid the other day. And in the middle of the game, he goes, dad, what's that? What's that? I go, what? He goes, what's that? I go, oh, son, that's a commercial. <laughs> it's called a commercial. Back in my day, we used to have these things called commercials. <laughs> he had grown up on the streaming world of television that he had never seen a commercial in his life GPS is one of those things. Raise your hand if you grew up in a time where there was no GPS. Come on, that was me. I grew up at a time where there was no GPS. The only way you knew how to get somewhere was if you was rolling with somebody who had already been where you wanted to go. I remember when we wanted to go to to the party at my friend's house, we would have to invite the friend who knew how to get to that other friend's house. Even if the friend who knew how to get to the other friend's house was not really a good friend to you. It didn't matter if you liked him or not. He was the only one who knew how to get to the club. I mean, the party, he was the only one who knew. So you had to invite him in the car because in life, in order to get somewhere you've never been before, you have to find someone who's been where you've never been before. You gotta connect to them. And that might be a good time to insert the title of the sermon, but the reality is we don't even really need God to tell us how to get there because in life there are tons of mentors and there are authors and there are podcasts. And if you wanna start a business, all you gotta do is invite a successful businessman or woman out to lunch and ask them questions because they've been where you have not been. They can help you get where you want to go. Here's where God's value to your vision is really found, not in how to get somewhere, But what makes a GPS, a GPS isn't the directions. Listen, you don't get the right directions if you don't put in the right destination. The GPS process starts with you putting in where you want to go. And this is God's value added to your journey in life and your vision. What God does, he doesn't just tell you how to get there. He tells you where to go. Why is that important? Because so many people spend their whole life chasing a vision, a destination that they're not even excited about because it was never their vision to begin with. The vision for their life was given to them by society. Have a nice body, make good money, have a big house and a nice car. That's the American dream, quote unquote, vision for your life. And if you do those things, then life should matter and you should be happy, and that should count, and that should work. Many people, the vision for your life was given to you by a mom or a dad. Ever since you were a kid, when you grow up, you're going to be this. When you grow up, you're going to be that, and you never took a moment to evaluate whether that was your vision for your life or your mom's vision for your life. Many wives will spend their life at home, not because they don't have businesses inside of them, but because being at home was the vision that their husband had or that their parents had for their life. And we never take the time to question if the vision inside of us comes from God. Listen, write this down if you're taking notes, because only a God-given vision can fulfill you because only God knows why he made you. And you need to go to God to get that vision. And if you don't have a vision, you'll be stuck in the same. And what I don't want in 2022 is for 2022 to be more of the same in your life. Let me tell you right now, God's plan for you is not for more of the same, but more than the same, more than the same. You don't have to settle for the same. I don't know if you ever heard the story of Walt Disney, when he got the vision for Disneyland, he was sitting in a bench park. And he was looking at a carousel going around and around and the carousel was dirty and it wasn't safe. And he was bored just watching it. And he caught a vision of a place where it was safe and clean and parents could have just as much fun as the kids. And it was the vision for Disneyland. And he, he refused to settle for what was, he thought that life could be better than what it is. And so he went and he drafted out the plans and then there was Disneyland and then there was Disney world. And if you go visit Disneyland right now, you will see this bench in anaheim and if you read it it says this is the actual bench walt disney sat on when he caught the vision for disneyland and here's why i want to show you that because i think years from now i'm gonna, i'm gonna get an email i'm gonna get an email from someone in this room and the email is gonna say c9 and i'm gonna open it up it's gonna say pastor jj can you please rip out from this auditorium the seat C- c9 And I'm gonna say, why? And they can say, because C9 was the moment I caught the vision. Now, everybody's looking at the seat that they're sitting in right now. You got a row and a number. Hear me, write it down. Because today is the day in that seat right there where you catch a vision, not for what an amusement park could be, hear me, but for what your mental health could be. I got a vision for my mental health sitting there. And it was a vision of me drowning the antidepressants down the toilet because I no longer need them to smile. It was a vision you caught for your life. It was a vision right there that you caught for your family. You saw yourself with white hair. Praise the Lord, you still had hair. And your spouse's white hair. And you weren't just surrounded by your kids, you were surrounded by your children's children. And everybody was happy and opening up presents around Christmas time because you were able to work it out and you modeled for them what a Christ-centered relationship should be like. And now it's blessed generations of generations. It was a vision for your family. Right there where you're sitting, someone's caught a vision for your business. It wasn't enough just to start it. God's gonna have you opening up expansions in Miami and in Tampa and in Ohio and in Missouri. I don't know why I said Missouri, but it's gonna be in Missouri. Somebody's watching this in Missouri right now, in Wisconsin. God's gonna give you a vision for more than what is today. And when he does it, how will you respond? So here is the vision for our church Today. Are you ready? Here is the vision. This is, are you ready? Yeah. Here's where we're going in 2022 as a church. We are going to Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 through 2. If you can open up your Bibles there, I'm gonna give you the title of my message at the end of the sermon. Is that all right? Because it's the vision. But you gotta understand the why behind the vision before you can receive. Sometimes you can't receive something because you don't know how important it is. And you gotta understand how important it is before you can receive it. And treat it. Sometimes I need to let my kid know that toy costs $100. Just so you know not to leave it outside in the rain. When you don't value something, you discard it. So before I give it to you, I need you to know how much it costs and why it's important. Exodus chapter 24, verse one through two, some historical cultural context. The people of Israel have not just been saved from Egypt. They've been rescued from slavery. They came through the water, the Red Sea split in half. Why am I giving you these details? Because they're important. As the people of Israel come through the water, saved from their slavery, it's an image of salvation. Salvation is the process when a person gives their life to Jesus and then they get baptized. It's literally an image of the people of Israel coming out of slavery and through the water. Two weeks ago, we had baptism service. Almost 60 people came through the water to step into a new life with Christ. But it doesn't end there. Now that they're saved, God wants to talk with them. He wants to connect with them. Because God did not just save you for salvation's sake. He also saved you for relations' sake. I don't know if you know this, but God loves you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. But there's a problem, and we're going to see that in Exodus 24. And this is where I start with the vision. Hear me, because every vision begins with a relationship with God. And this vision that we're going to share today begins with a relationship with God. Exodus 24, 1 through 2. Then the Lord said to Moses, who was the one who delivered the people from Israel, come up to the Lord, you and Aaron. Aaron is his brother. Nadab and Abihu, those are Aaron's two boys. And 70 of the elders of Israel, those are the leaders. You are to worship at a distance. Someone say distance. But Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. This is the problem. God wants a relationship with humanity, but there's distance in between us. There's distance. He wants us to have a relationship, but there's distance. And as Moses begins to climb the mountain, that mountain is a symbol of the work that we put in to have a relationship with God. And I want to make this very clear. God already did 99% of the work. The Bible says that God became a man and came to earth and died on a cross and resurrected and ascended. Listen, every relationship requires... Wow. You're either really into this message or you're not listening at all. (laughs) Every relationship requires. So in this story, God is saying, I've already come to you. Now will you come to me? I'm already paid the price. I'm already here. I'm hitting you up on the phone. Will you pick up? Will you? I've already done my part. Will you come to me? And the people won't. So God says, fine, send up the leaders. And here's why they won't because they're not willing to put in the work. They're not willing to put in the work. I, I have a, a son. I won't tell you who he is or how old he is or where he lives, but I have a son. And, and here's why I want to protect his privacy because recently he told me that you know he liked a girl. And I thought, that's awesome. That's cool. Praise the Lord. Um, told me the girl's name. I thought, that's great. I like the girl. She's cool. And so that's cool. I said, but don't you tell her that you like her. He said, how come? I said, because you're a kid. <laughs> you're not old enough yet to have a relationship. I know you got the feelings that a relationship requires, but you're not old enough yet to understand the sacrifice that a relationship requires. A relationship requires work. And I don't want you working on a relationship because I want you working on math. And I want you working on cleaning your room and keeping it clean. You're not ready for that. Here is what God says to humanity. I want a relationship with you, but you won't put in any of the work. So instead, I'm going to have a relationship with the priest who, what was the priest's job in the Old Testament? They literally did the sacrifice on behalf of the people. Are you connecting the metaphors? God is saying, I'm having a relationship with those who are willing to sacrifice, but I can't have a relationship with everyone else because no one else is willing to put in the sacrifice. And so they would do that. They would put in the sacrifice on their behalf. Listen, there is a form of relationship with God that is experienced through your leaders where you sit and you come to church and you let us do the sacrifice and you let us do the praying and you let us do the fasting and you just come to church or you just watch online and that's all cool, but that's not really a relationship. That's a religion. It's not something you even have. It's probably something you inherited from mom or dad or the what used to be Christian culture here in America. It's not yours. And if it's not yours and there's no sacrifice and there's no work to it, it's not real. Like I, I have some staff members who are on dating apps right now And I won't reveal their names because I don't want to embarrass my kids or my staff members. But they're on date, and I don't know what that world is like. So I'm like, talk to me a little about dating apps. What's that like? And they said, The hardest part about being on a dating app is it's hard to figure out who really is a Christian. Because they put Christian in the profile. But then when we go out on the date, I go, Hey, I, I work at a church, I'm a pastor at a church, I leave the church. What church do you go to? And the person on the other side of the table goes, well, I am, mm, I, mm, mm, yeah, she, my word, my body is a sanctuary. And it's like, and you start to, you start to hear, they don't, don't pray and, and they, don't, they don't tithe and, and they don't really worship. They don't have a favorite worship band or, or none of that stuff. Not that that's what makes you a Christian, but they don't have a favorite. And, and it's like, okay, I don't think we have the same definition of what relationship is. Because my relationship with God, I actually sacrificed for this. It doesn't sound like you've sacrificed for this at all. And if you're not willing to sacrifice for your relationship with God, chances are I'm not going to be a good enough motivation for you to sacrifice either. So if we can have a relationship with God, we can have a relationship with each other. There is a relationship, listen, with God that requires no work. No work. Put it on the screen. A relationship with no work. You don't want this kind of relationship with God. It's because it's, it's really just a label. I'm a, I'm a Christian. It's elementary. I call it elementary because I don't know if you ever remember your elementary school boyfriend or girlfriend. I had an elementary school boyfriend or girlfriend. Not a boyfriend. <laughs> elementary school girlfriend. <laughs> it's like my testimony. You don't know. Um, I had an elementary school girlfriend. And... I call her girlfriend, but she wasn't really my girlfriend. We had one conversation in person. (laughs) How would you communicate? We would send notes. I would send a note to a friend who was her friend. Then she would send a note to the friend. Some of us live our relationship with God like that. We send notes to the pastor. The pastor sends notes to God. God comes notes to the pastor. The pastor sends notes to us. We send notes to the person. The person sends notes to the pastor. And God's like, can we get rid of the middleman? I want you. I want straight You. Let's not live this vicariously through pastors and leaders. That's the base. But people keep climbing the mountain. Exodus 24, verse 9 through 11. They go higher up the mountain. So at the base are the majority of the people. They have a relationship with God, but it's on the lowest level possible. It's really just a label, a category. Exodus 24, 9 through 11. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli as bright blue as the sky. This is an important symbol because what God is saying is that even though I'm standing on the mountain right here, the blue is actually a symbol of the sky. So he's saying, don't get it twisted. You might be meeting me on the mountain, but I'm actually in the sky. I'm way high above, which is an important application for your life. Because God is saying, I'm high above your issues. Like I'm bigger than your problems. Like I can take care of those problems because I sit above them on a throne. I will rule over the earth. So he's given us that image right there. And so, but God did not raise his hand against these leaders of Israelites. They saw God and they ate and they drank. Now, at first glance, we think, wow, they saw God. They must be really close to God if they saw him. But my question to you would be on second glance, did they really see God? Because they were not able to describe his face and they were not able to describe his back and they were not able to describe his chest or his biceps or his arms or his hands. The only thing they could describe was his, Huh? Huh? So that means to tell me that there's a relationship with God that can exist with your head down. Because it's all that they saw was the head down. What am I trying to say? There is a relationship with God that exists, but it's an obligation. There's a relationship with God that exists and it's full of stress and it's full of pressure. You feel like you're not good enough, so you just keep your head down all the time. It's not really a joy, it's a job. You don't come to church because you want to, you come to church because you believe in hell and you have to, or else. So we come to church and we serve on a team. why do you serve on a team? Because I don't want to go to hell. You know, and I'm a mess and God hates me and I just want this and and, and I don't want you to have that kind of relationship with God. The other day, one of my sons, I won't share this story. There's a lot of stories with my kids and I've removed all the names. Our kids know that we love sleep. Pastor Liz and I love sleep. I'm very big on sleep. Like seven to nine hours, I got to get. I know that sounds a lot, but I got to try and get it. Why? Because y'all stress me out. And I need to sleep, okay? <laughs> so I tell, I tell my kids, I say, please let me sleep. You know, and don't knock on the door in the middle of the night unless it's an emergency. And parents, a nightmare is not an emergency. I want to let you know right now. Because they be trying me like that, knocking on the door. Mom, Dad, I have a nightmare. You know what Does this and I tell them when they say they have a nightmare? I don't care if it's good parenting or not. I tell them, pray and worship. <laughs> I don't even have the decency to get up from bed to tell it to them. I shout it. <laughs> pray and worship. <laughs> you, you'll, hear, you'll hear one of the kids get back on his bed. Okay. <laughs> you're a good, good father. Because my dad sucks, but you're a good, good father. This is who you are. You know? so, so they know. But the other day, Pastor Liz heard one of them making a lot of noise in the bathroom. And so she went to the bathroom because it sounded different. You know, when you hear your your kids' noises, you know something. There's two kinds of noises you don't want to hear when you're a parent. It's a noise you've never heard or no noise. You know something's up. If there's no noise, or a noise you never heard before. So she comes into the bathroom and she sees one of our sons throw up all over his shirt and his pants. All over. She goes, what? Why didn't you knock on the door to come get me? He said, you said only emergencies. (laughs) She's like, this is an emergency. Then we found out really why he said, he said, is that I didn't want you to see me like this. Sometimes our head is down when we serve God because we don't want him to see us like this. We don't feel clean enough pure enough holy enough we feel the mess that's going on in our life so I'm just going to serve but I'm not really going to have a relationship because I don't want to get close to you because then you'll see all the dirt and I just want you to know that is not the relationship God wants you to have with him look at what Hebrews 4 16 says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace God says you better knock on my door you better kick that sucker in to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need God says whether you got vomit on your shirt throw up on your shoes if your hair is jacked up if you got problems or issues come to me because I'm here to help you not just when things are going good but when things are going bad too I told you before be careful of a relationship with God that's no work Let me tell you this, beware of a relationship with God that's just work. God, serve, 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 or God's not gonna love me. What? He loved you when you was far from him. He loved you when you was a mess and a wreck. So there's that kind of relationship with God where you serve him, you know, but you gotta be careful because you're just serving him, but you're not really connected to him. You got your head down. There's another level. Exodus 24, 12 through 14. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses sent out with Joshua. Now, Joshua was Moses's dude. This was his right hand man. He was a young guy. You could consider him his disciple, his mentee. The word we're going to read here is called aid, but it was someone who was always by his side helping. And so he sent out with Joshua, his aid. And Moses went up on the mountain and he said to the elders, wait here for us, Joshua and I, and we, Joshua and I, will come back to you. Hear me, there's a relationship with God that you can have, that you can get to because you're connected to people who are connected to God. Joshua is able to get higher in the mountain. He's able to get closer to God because he's connected to people who are connected to God. Ooh, application number one, who are you connected to? And are you connected to the people that will encourage you to come higher on the mountain? Or are you connected to the people who will try and call you to come off the mountain? Let me tell you right now, it is, it is, all you have to do is look at your household appliance to recognize that there is power in connection. So, so you got to make sure you're connected to the right people, but that's not even really what I wanted to preach about. Here's what I wanted to preach about. Make sure you're not connected just to people because people are not outlets. They are batteries. And even the best of us will run out at some time. Journey youth, I'm preaching to you right now. Be very careful because right now you come to church because your parents drive you here. But the question you got to answer for yourself and you don't have to answer right now is that when they stop driving me, will I stop coming? Is he the God of Abraham and Isaac or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Is this a generational inheritance or is this a first-hand encounter? Is he my God or is he my dad's God? You got to be careful. Husbands and wives, you got to be careful. There's usually one person in the relationship that's really pushing in the faith and strong in the faith. And the other one, sometimes that's along for the ride. We hope that's not the case in your home and it might not be. But when, but, but a lot of times I will tell you that our relationship with our spouse determines a lot of times our relationship with God, but that person is a battery. They're going to run out on you. We all run out. We all make mistakes. When that happens, what will happen to your relationship with God? Uh, You know, we got to get connected. We got to get connected to small groups. Small groups are coming. You better get in a small group. And and if you're thinking of one to join, let me encourage you to join our freedom small group. It's amazing. Get in a freedom small group and get on a team, come to freedom conference, start serving. You got to get around people that can encourage you. But can I tell you something about your freedom small group leader and your team leader and your coordinator and your director? They're going to fail you too at some point. And when that leader fails you, does your faith in God fail as well? I know you got friends that are here. You're here at Journey Church. I got friends and I got people and my, my crew. We go to church together. We all sit in the same row. Well, what happens when you tell them to save you a seat and they give up your seat to someone else? Now all of a sudden you got beef with people in church. When you got beef with people in church, do you still come to church? Or is your connection based on a relationship? I understand my role as a pastor. I'm to to pray, I'm to preach, I'm to live well. I understand that for a lot of people, I'm supposed to be a role model and I'm supposed to have my relationship with God right and my marriage right and my family right and praying and fasting because you need to see someone who can be an image or a model of what you can be in your life. But can I tell you right quick, I'm a human. And as much as I don't want to, and as much as I'm going to try not to, and as much as I pray every day, God, keep me in this. There might come a day where you are not proud to call me your pastor. And when your faith in me fails, will your faith in God fail? It's got to be greater and bigger than a relationship, hear me, that depends on others. There is a relationship with God that depends on others, but you cannot do that. Do not allow your life to be dependent on the decisions of other people, their batteries, they run out, don't live for their applauses in there. It's just, it's, it's going to run out. Eventually you got to go right to the source, which is where Moses goes. Exodus chapter 24, verses 15 through 18, when Moses went up on the mountain. Now that means that Joshua was left behind. So now not even Joshua can go here. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it. Someone say the cloud. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses went higher up the mountain and into the cloud. He was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights doing ministry. I love ministry. A lot of times I'll travel for ministry. I can't do four days and three nights. I get antsy. I want to come back home. I want to be with my wife and my kids and my home. Moses had a home. Moses had a wife. Moses had kids. Moses had a job. Moses had responsibilities, but he would not leave the cloud because he found something in the cloud that he could not find on the earth. You know, there are things you are looking for on the earth that can only be found in the heavens. Things like meaning. You will not find meaning on earth because you were not forged on earth. Things like acceptance. You will not find acceptance on earth. People will accept you temporarily, but opinions shift. Things like peace. You will not find peace on earth because the moment you find peace on earth, earth shifts the moment your political party is the majority in the, in the Congress, the next election cycle, they're the minority in the Congress. And all of a sudden you don't feel safe anymore. Your peace is rocked. The moment the stock market is doing great, then it's doing bad because you need an unchanging source of peace. And there is only one unchanging person in this world for you to found your peace on. And that is God himself. There are things you're looking for on earth that you cannot find on earth that you can only find in heaven. Moses finds that and Realizes that's all he wants. Hear me, there is a relationship with God that depends on God. And he did not find it on the earth and he did not find it on the mountain. He found it in the cloud, which is why in 2022, the prophetic word that God gave me to usher us into this new year is this. I believe in 2022, we are going into the cloud into the cloud, into, into, into where God is into the cloud to the highest level of relationship possible with our Lord and our savior. No matter where we are this year, I'm calling you to go to the next level in your faith. Let me, let me say it another way. This is the year God's presence becomes all that you need. This is the year God's presence becomes all that you need. And let me, let me qualify presence real quickly because I don't just mean the feelings or the jitters or the, you know, the Holy Ghost thing you get. And I believe in feelings and feelings are good, but feelings are fickle. You can feel God one moment and not feel him the next. You could get into God's presence, not feel him, drink some coffee, then feel him. So feelings are important, but you can't build your faith on them. Feelings are not that you feel God's presence. Here's what God's presence is. Knowing... God's character, and that He is always with you. And when you know that He is always with you and that He's good, and He's faithful, that He's just, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you because you know what God thinks about you. Best way I can relate that is with my wife, Liz. You know, her, her and I, she thinks something about me and I've gotten to know her over 13 years. And because I know what she thinks about me, I have a confidence in that. That's all I really need. A lot of people have opinions of me, you know, and nobody had an opinion of me before we had a YouTube channel. Now we got a YouTube channel and thousands of people will watch the videos in a week and they are so mean in the comments. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, they think that about. And for a second, my my self-esteem, my character, my everything just feels like it's in the trash can until I realized, hold up, you don't know me. You don't know me. And you can't judge me based on a 60 second clip of a 60 minute sermon that you don't even watch the whole thing. You don't know me. And if you don't know me, I don't care what you think about me. But there's one person who knows me on the inside out. She sees me when I wake up. She sees me when I go to bed. She sees the way I pray. She sees the way I love my kids. It's her opinion to me that matters. I want you to know that when you know what God thinks about you, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you because you know that he knows you and that he's with you and that he's on your side and that you've got him and he's got you. It gives you peace. This is a... Old school Nintendo 64 video game called Mario 64. Yeah, yeah. All well, my video game heads are like, "This is." I'm gonna tell you why I brought this. Cause Zane got this for Christmas. He put this on his Christmas wish list. All right. <laughs> I promise I don't make this about God's presence he, he put this on his Christmas wish list, and and he and he also put the Nintendo 64 on his Christmas wish list because it's an old video game system. Well, his grandma, God bless her, she don't know nothing about no video games. So she bought him the cheaper thing on the wish list, which was the video game. So now Zane's got Nintendo, Zane's got Mario 64. He's even got a controller for for Nintendo 64. But it's been two weeks since Christmas and he still don't have a Nintendo 64. Now, why does that matter? Because, look at Exodus 33, one through three. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people who brought you out of Egypt and go up to the land I promised. And I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Amorites, Perosites, Jebusites, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. God was mad at the people because when, when Moses came down from the mountain, they were all sacrificing to another God. They had just abandoned him already. So they say, go, go, go. Look at what 33 said, verse three. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff necked people. And if I go with you, I will slap you so hard because y'all are idolatrous people. So you know what? He said, I'm going to give you the promised land, but I'm not going. And look at what verse 15 says. Moses said, hey, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Moses is saying, I want the promises, but the promises without your presence... There's nothing wrong with having a 64 game and there's nothing wrong with having the 64 system. But what order are they coming in? Because if you don't, if you get the game, but without the system, you can't enjoy the game. You got to get the system first so that you can enjoy the game. You keep praying for God's promises. In 2022, you're asking for promises, restoration of my marriage, blessing in my finances, the businesses to blow up, but you're asking for the game before the system. God's presence is the system to enjoy everything that he gives you in your life. It's not bad to want games. It's not bad, but get it in the right order. You need the presence of God or else everything you get will feel empty and void and broken. This doesn't work because it's not broken. It doesn't work because it's missing something. What if your life wasn't broken? What if it was just missing the system it was designed to get plugged into, to enjoy everything that was there for you? If you get God's presence, I mean, God's presence, I know he's with me. Everything else you can enjoy, but without it, you can't enjoy a thing. So we're going into God's presence. So here is a a declaration over 2022. Over 2022, here's my declaration. Next Sunday, you're gonna get a wristband that says Into the Cloud, and you're gonna get a paper that has all these declarations written out. This year, we will know God like never before. And as we make his presence our priority, we will experience the peace, provision, protection, and power that his presence provides. Hear me, we will not only witness deliverance, signs, wonders and healing, but we will be used by God to perform them ourselves. I promise you that. Get ready. It's going to be a supernatural year in 2022. And you're not just going to observe it. You're going to partake in it. God's calling you into his presence. So here's the announcement. The announcement is before the pandemic in 2019, we used to have this thing called first Thursdays and it was a special service that didn't take place on a Sunday. It took place on the first Thursday of every month. And it was a service that was about worship and about prayer. And we're bringing that back and we're calling it, we're calling it Encounter Nights, Encounter Nights coming in 2022. It won't be taking place every month. We're bringing it back. We're gonna start with every quarter, see how that goes. And we can add more to the calendar as we see fit, but we're gonna separate time in our calendar to dive in to God's presence. I'm gonna give you this, that was it, that was my sermon. But I gotta give you the last two pieces of this vision because it's a three-part series. We're going into the cloud, and that means three things, into God's presence. That was everything I preached about. I'm gonna give you the last two, make two announcements that are exciting, but you gotta come next week and the week after to hear sermons on these points. So when we go into the cloud, we're not just going into God's presence like never before. In 2022, here's what we're doing. When we go into the cloud, we're going into uncertainty. He walked into a cloud, y'all, a cloud. Can you see well in a cloud? No. And not only did he walk into a cloud, did you miss it? He walked into a cloud on a mountaintop. That is just one step of Father God, I love you. Because a relationship with God is risky. So so let me say it this way. This is the year we're going to take risks. In 2022, we are going to take risks because God exists on the edge of our faith. we're gonna do some things that we've never done before. Here's the declaration over 2022. This year, we will step into the unknown, uncertain of our future, but confident in who holds it. Get ready, we will do scary things and have the scary conversations. And at the end of this year, I love this, success will not be measured by how far we went, but by how much faith it took to get where we are. (laughs) December 30, whatever, 2022, we're gonna look back and be like, woo, it might not look like a far distance, but you don't know what I had to do to get to this place. The things I had to lay down, the things I had to believe, the steps I had to take. Here's the announcement. We tried this before the pandemic hit as well didn't work out because everything got shut down. We're excited to announce that in 2023, in January, once again, we are gonna take a shot at launching Journey East Orlando campus. It is gonna be an in-person Journey Church. Services will be streamed on the screen. Worship will be live. There's gonna be greeters and hosts, it's gonna be just like church. It's gonna be closer to you if you live on East Orlando so that you can be a missionary to your neighborhood and your community. It's hard to convince someone to drive even 20 minutes in today's world, but five minutes, 10 minutes, it's uncertain because we have no idea where this building is. We do know who the campus leaders are, but we're not gonna tell you yet. We're gonna wait until we get closer to the date to reveal them. We're excited about the pastors that we have in line ready to go. Yeah, we're excited. And here's the last one. In 2022, when we go into the cloud, hear me, this is our week three of this series. We're going into holiness. Into holiness. I don't know what holiness means to you and to me. I grew up in a church where holiness meant that the girls had to wear skirts at church and the guys couldn't wear hats. That was what holiness meant. It was an outward deal. But it's, it's not that. I'm gonna tell you what it means. Exodus 24, 18 Then Moses went higher up the mountain and ran into a cloud. It's so funny when God started to download this vision into my heart. I said, Ooh, so many people at Journey Church are gonna be happy because we get so much criticism about not going deep. I'm talking about holiness. This is it. They're gonna be so happy we're going deeper. Lord, we're going deeper, Lord. And He convicted me in my heart. He said, No, no, don't change the church. You're not going deeper. This year, we're going higher. We're going higher. Here's the difference. Sometimes we can get so deep, we get stuck. But I wanna live a life that is built on the word of God, but allows me to live at the highest level of my potential. We're going higher this year. What does that mean? Declaration over 2022. This year, we decide to live our lives at a higher level. I won't live like everyone else because I'm not like everyone else. I am set apart. My standards are not set by culture but by the word of God. This year, I leave it behind. And here's why I left that blank, because in 2022, here's my final announcement, you decide. Because the higher you go up the mountain, the further you gotta get away from the things of this earth. So what will be the thing that you leave behind in 2022? For some people, it might be something silly, like, and maybe it's not silly to you, it's a big deal. Like, you know what? I just feel like some of the movies that I watch really weigh on my soul. So this year, I'm I'm gonna make that holy. It could be, hey, you know what? I feel like God's asking me to lay down smoking. I'm gonna go holy. It might be an addiction. It might be a mindset. This year, I'm asking, it might be a relationship. I don't know what your thing is, but this year in 2022, we're gonna say, you know what? I'm leaving whatever that is that's been holding me down and back. I'm ready to go higher in your relationship with the Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is where we're going this year, into the cloud. Next week, we'll talk about into uncertainty. The week after, we'll talk into holiness. But it's all built on going into a higher level of relationship with Jesus. So if you're here today, let me encourage you. The only reason why Moses could make it to the top was because he was the one who was willing to sacrifice. But today, we have someone who paid the sacrifice for us. His name is Jesus. That cross that Christians wear around their neck is not a fashion statement. It's a salvation statement. It's the idea that he paid the price I could not pay to make a way that I could not make. If you're in this room today and you are far from God, you don't have a relationship with God, but you're ready to climb the mountain. You're ready to go higher. You're ready to get closer. You're ready to go into the cloud. On the count of three, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I'm ready. I want to start a new life. I receive your sacrifice. I start fresh today. All over this room on three. One it's you. You're ready to give your heart to Jesus. Come into the cloud. Take that first step all over this building. One Two, three, raise your right hand. Right now It's a signal and the sign. I see it, I see it. Come on, you can hear him calling you higher. You can hear him calling you higher, lifting you higher. It's time to go to that next level of faith, that next level of relationship, that next level of ministry, that next level of intimacy, that next level of connection, that next level in your prayer life, that next level in your Bible study, that next level in your marriage, that next level in your peace. But it begins with taking the first step in Christ Jesus. Amen. I see all the hands. Go ahead and put them down. Whether you raised your hand or not, I want everybody in the building to repeat this prayer after me. Father God, Father God I, hear you calling. I hear you calling. And today, and today I, take I, take I take my first step into, into the clouds. The cloud. I want you, I want you and, nothing else. and nothing else. I'm gonna let that sentence sink in a little bit. I'm gonna say it one more time. Repeat after me. I want you, I want you and, nothing else. and nothing else. This year, this year I want you. I want you nothing else. I make you the foundation of my life. Forgive me for my past. I start new today today. with you. I repent and I come home. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Give it up for all those. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.